welcome back to No Matter Where, No Matter When podcast. Um, so today we're going to discuss families, which we've done before. We talked about, you know, children and trauma and stuff like that. But today we're going to talk about families in the sense of familial expectations. Because I feel like every family has that. You know, we all have expectations of the people that are in our lives but I think that you know at least for me a lot of the expectations that my mostly my mother has for me um make life a little bit difficult and uh so I think you know I guess that's where we can start I mean I I feel I feel like our family episodes other than probably the one we did on kids are very deep rooted. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to make us a little bit angry sometimes. Angry, sad. Um, but I feel like this is a huge one because I feel like sometimes family expectations mold who you are, mm-hmm. how you present yourself, how you build your life as you grow, um, even. When those expectations are very unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, for me, most expectations are rooted in religion in my family, you know. But also I think that the expectations that my mom has of me are very different than the expectations she has of my brother. And that is, I think, the thing that bothers me the most about the expectations are that I have to somehow just be different than my brother and you know I'm expected to you know go to services for every holiday and I'm expected to you know almost kind of it feels like I have to do everything perfectly and if I slip up or I don't do something that's within the guidelines of the religion or something like that I feel like you know it's like my mother breaks you know like I was telling you the other day about you know I got a I got a tattoo last weekend And it was right before Yom Kippur, which for those of you that don't know anything about Judaism, Yom Kippur is the holiest holiday of the Jewish year. And I got it before Yom Kippur started. And I told my mom before I got it that I was getting a tattoo, but I wasn't getting it on the Sabbath. I wasn't getting it on a holiday. I, you know, was going to be there before the holiday started. Like I tried to be as respectful as I could and I got no credit for being respectful all she thought about was the fact that I was mutilating my body again. And I feel like that's not fair. Like, I, you know, I go to services for every single holiday. I don't pray because I don't believe in it. But, you know, I'm there every holiday. And I sit there and I read a book. And even the rabbi's wife has commended me for my respect and devotion to my mother. For just coming and sitting but I don't get that same thing all the time from my mom. And, you know, I know she appreciates it. She does tell me that. But I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm just always a disappointment because I have tattoos or because I don't date Jewish men and I probably will not marry a Jewish man if I ever get married. Like, I feel like those two things discredit everything else that I do you know all of my degrees all of the books that I publish you know succeeding in my career and you know respecting her on the holidays like I feel like none of that matters 
solely because I have tattoos and don't date Jewish men. I was thinking about this when we decided that we were going to do this episode. Because those of you that know our relationship and have been listening since the beginning, Allie and I have been friends for over 15 years. So obviously I know your family. Do you think that a lot of the expectations and the unfair between how your mom, what your mom expects of your brother and what your mom expects of you is because your mom, part of it I know is religion and things that, you know, were expected of her growing up. Mm -hmm. But do you think that she is the way that she is because you are so much like her? I do. Um, She said something the other day actually about, her relationship with Zadie and her relationship with me and how similar they are. And I think that's true, but I also think it's true in the positive and it's true in the negative because my grandfather was very hard on my mom. You know, my grandfather was also a perfectionist and my grandfather wanted everything to be perfect. And he had a lot of expectations of my mother to always do things perfectly. And I feel like since he died, she has now taken on his personality towards me. And, you know, I can appreciate that in a sense, but it's also like, you know, I'm still a person. Like, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still making mistakes. And I feel like to expect me just to, you know, do things perfectly and be that person isn't fair because I'm not her. Yeah. You know, I I don't believe in the religion. I don't believe in, you know, any of that. And, you know, I I do my best to show her respect and to show the religion respect. Because it's not that I'm not proud of my culture. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for the Jewish culture. It's that I don't believe in the religion aspect. I don't believe in blind faith. I don't believe in praying to something that you cannot see yeah and i've had people say stuff to me like oh well you can't see love and blah 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 but you can feel love Mm -hmm. you can touch the people that you love i feel like you can see love by somebody's actions exactly so there there are you know it's different you know sitting in a synagogue expecting god to just be there well you know what and we'll get to this in the domestic violence episode Mm -hmm. because that's when i lost my faith you know, well, where where was God when I was being abused? Where yeah. where was God when I was being tortured? Where was God when I was sitting up, even with Mike, I was sitting up till 4 o'clock in the morning wondering why, wondering what was wrong with me and why I hated myself and why I was always alone and, you know, why were people torturing me and emotionally destroying me? Like, why was, why is that okay? Like, what, what lesson was I supposed to learn from that? What lesson was I supposed to learn when I was 13 and being beaten? Like, that's not, that's not a thing. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't believe. And also, I cannot believe in anything that would let a 13-year-old be abused. I just can't. I can't. No. I can't do it. And I'm sorry, but, like, you know, people always say, like, oh, well, God gives you your choices. Like, okay, why are there still pedophiles then? Like... I'm I'm sorry I just I can't I can't get behind that and I feel like because of that I'll always be a disappointment like it doesn't matter you know how much how many degrees I get it doesn't matter how successful I am in my two careers three if you catch if you include being an author none of that matters 
because I don't follow Jewish law. Yeah. And that's not fair. I think it's hard, and the dynamic when it comes to family is so hard, because you also, you know, you do respect your parents Mm -hmm. very much. And I feel like that might be a generational curse for us. Hear me out when I say it. Because I feel like not all kids, even now, and even kids we grew up with, are like that. Mm -mm. It has a lot to do with your upbringing. Um, I am like that with my grandparents, you know, and it wasn't until probably the last couple of years that I lost a lot of respect for my grandmother dealing with, you know, her alcoholism and seeing her narcissism. There's that meme that says one of these days your kids are going to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I finally had that moment, um, more so being an adult but I, it's very similar for me. My grandmother and my grandfather, you know, I always say I am the black sheep of the family, but I am the black sheep because I am the only one who has my shit together. Mm-hmm. When things go wrong, everybody calls me. When something's happening, everybody calls me. If there is a family gathering, everybody calls me to, like, organize it and see what we're doing and make the plans. And, you know, it's exhausting. And, you know, I've said to my grandmother, you know, she is very jealous of anyone that gets my attention and if it pulls away from her it can be my own children and I feel like you know the expectation she placed is that you know because they raised me they are of the utmost importance and they should be number one in my life not my husband and my kids so if I'm going to make plans if I'm not considering them I'm disrespecting them well, not my grandfather. He doesn't care, but my grandmother, 100%. And I feel like, you know, when I got married, a lot of what I did for my wedding was for my grandmother. It 100% was. And we've talked about this in the previous episode with, you know, the wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got married where they got married. And we had, you know, the things that, you know, they wanted. And I put so much pressure on Kyle to do that because I didn't want to disappoint. And instead, not that I didn't love every moment of my wedding and it wasn't a beautiful day, but it wasn't what we envisioned. No, and it wasn't, it didn't have any of your, like your two personalities Mm -mm. in it. Like it really wasn't you. No. You know, that's, like, I think that was one of the things that upset me the most was the day that we went to buy your wedding dress. Yeah. I think it it really upset me because it didn't matter how excited you were when you walked out of that dressing room in your dress. Yeah. Not the dress she wanted. Your dress. Yeah. You were so excited. And that look on your face should have said it all. Yeah. And that look should have been like, okay, that's the one. And it wasn't. Yeah. And that bugged me for years. Yeah. Even after your wedding, after Madison, like that has always bugged me because it wasn't fair. Like that was your day and it wasn't your day. Yeah. I mean, it's still the same with a lot of things. Madison's birthday parties, Christmas, you know, we are planning our family trip for Christmas and that's what we're doing for our kids. Instead of having them open gifts for Christmas, Mm -hmm. we want them to have experiences because, you know, I won't say my kids are overly spoiled. They are taken care of. They don't Mm -hmm. need or want for really anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to make the memories. And, you know, when I explained to my grandmother that we were not having Christmas this year because we were going away, I got the, well, how could you do that? 
why would you're not thinking about us what about us like we want to be there with the kids and they need to open presents and no because that's we're that's what we're trying to teach them like it's not about the opening presents and I told them I said if you want to give them a present give them spending money pay for an experience for our trip buy them winter like when we were growing up my aunt Judy and my uncle Scott when they first got their car after my uncle's accident they got a brand new SUV and that winter for Christmas our Christmas gift from them is they took us to North Carolina mm-hmm. we had never seen snow before we had never been tubing. Like, we had never been... I had been out of the state of Florida. But it was never during a time when I could see, you know, snow and different things. Yeah. So we went. And that Christmas, my grandparents, instead of, you know... Because they weren't... We left the day after Christmas. They bought us, you know, scarves and gloves. And, you know, different things to use for the trip. And I said, you know, you did that with us. Just to do the same thing with the kids. Mm-hmm. Now... Will they get Christmas presents on Christmas? Yes, but it will be things geared toward things they can do in the car while we're driving up there. Mm -hmm. Boots that they can wear in case we go hiking or it's snowing or, you know, different things that we're going to be able to do up there. But her expectation of me was that Christmas is not about me. It is about them. And it is about them, but not my grandparents. It's about my kids. I was about to say that. It's about the kids. So while we'll still play Santa because Madison is young enough to still let me have that luxury. Mm -hmm. So we're still going to do all of that. But the elaborate gifts that they are going to get, you know, as far as them making a Christmas lift of their top three things and, you know, working to get that, that's not really going to happen this year because we're going to be traveling. So I feel like, and I feel like, you know, when I became a parent, it's all I ever wanted was to be a mom. A lot of the things that were expected of me were also things that I used to shape the kind of parent I wanted to be. I, you know, birthdays were always big. So Allie will tell you, anybody that I know will tell you, birthdays are not small Mm -mm. for me. I pay attention. I literally focus on every single detail. Mm -hmm. And my kids will know that is the one day that is about them and they are celebrated. And I don't care if there's six kids there or if there's a hundred kids there. Every kid is going to feel special. Every kid is going to get something. Every kid's going to have a good time. And the end of the day, my moment of happiness, even though I'm stressed to the max, is always going to be the smile on my kid's face. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, that was passed down to me from my aunt who raised me because birthdays were always, you know, she always made them a big deal. But different things as far as, you know, putting a person above the other or making something about them when it's not, that's things that I made sure when I had kids, you know, I did it probably for the first two years with Madison and then I slowly started to pull away more, you know, there's Mm -hmm. been Christmases where there's been nothing under the tree for anybody else other than my kids You know, I remember one year, it was just that. The only Christmas presents under the tree were for Madison because we were just in a financial rut. Mm -hmm. And she was the most important part of Christmas. You know, she was still very little. But I remember I the one thing I did buy my grandmother was a cast iron skillet set. Okay. So if you cook, you know that they are not cheap. And because that was the only gift that she got... She literally walked out to the garage and threw it in the trash can. Wow. And then proceeded to pick up the phone and call everybody and let them know that 
the kid got a million and one things, but all I got was fucking pans, fucking cast iron skillets. Yeah, I also paid <laughs> a pretty penny. It was three of them, all different sizes. And my logic was she kept saying, I need to get a cast iron skillet because she needed a new one. So I bought her three. And that was the thanks that I got. I will say that, like, I... I was never raised that you do things to get in return or anything like that. Like, we're, you know, I'm very spoiled. Anybody who knows me knows I'm very spoiled by my family and by myself. I spoil the (laughs) shit out of myself. Even when I don't have the money to do anything else, I spoil the shit out of myself. But my, you'll also know, if you know me, that I will always rather spend my money on giving gifts to others Mm -hmm. than giving gifts to myself. And I get that from my family. I get that from my mom that, you know, you give to make others happy and to see them smile. You don't give to get in return. And, you know, unfortunately, I took that to a whole nother level with the people that I date and the people that I let into my life because I'll spend hundreds, excuse me, to thousands of dollars um, to make people happy. And, you know, I I don't get anything in return. And, you know, that's fine. That's not why I do it. But it's not even that I don't get, like, a gift in return. I don't get, like... The appreciation. A thank you. Yeah. Or, you know, like, I spent... When I was... When Mike and I were together, I spent thousands of dollars on his Christmas gifts. And he didn't even spend Christmas with me. Yeah. So, like, it was beyond, you know, not having, you know, getting a thank you. Like... I didn't even get time with the person that I bought the gifts for. Yeah. So like, you know, it's, I, I, but I did learn from my family that, you know, gifts are to be given to get, to make someone happy, not for what you could get in return. And I think that, you know, maybe a good expectation from my family. Yeah. You know, we don't usually talk about positive familial (laughs) expectations, no, but I feel but like there, there are some. That's like, the thing. I am the same way. I am definitely a gift giver, and I have been told that I give phenomenal gifts. Danielle yeah. literally had just said this to me yesterday because, of course, I am the extra mom. And Madison got a, I wouldn't say a custom Halloween costume. It's not a custom Halloween costume. It's just very cute. And she's going to be matching with her friend. But she is also has a Halloween performance and a Halloween bash, and she wanted to be something different because she doesn't want to ruin her costume for Halloween. Okay. So naturally, my kid now has two costumes. Of course. And she said, you need to learn how to say no. And I said, I mean, in all fairness, for the entire second costume, I only paid $19. Mm-hmm. And it's super cute. Yeah. But she's like, I think that's your love language. Mm-hmm. You definitely get like a high or are become happy when you see other people happy. And it's true. I just did it to her last week. She had a really rough week at work and I was dealing with everything that was going on. And I wind up like writing her like a handwritten card and brought her flowers and she had no idea. And I went and put them on her desk at work and like left before she could even come back. Yeah. And she's like, are you kidding me? I did it, you know, to, to hope too, just to show them a thank you for, Loving me through the tough times when I really wasn't loving myself Mm -hmm. um, and just being there. And I feel like that's the same thing with Christmas. My joy Christmas morning, even if I don't get a single gift, it's nice to get one every once in a while. Mm -hmm. 
but really is seeing the reaction mm-hmm. of my family and watching them open their gifts and be excited and Madison from a very early age was very expressive mm-hmm. so that was always fun yeah um to see the things that she says and does and she still does it I mean last year I bought her Kane Brown tickets and when she realized what was happening like her reaction was everything that I wanted yeah David is the same way so I feel like that would be the good part that passed on to me. Mm-hmm. The difficult part with is the holidays and the expectation that my family has of hosting everybody at my house. And, mm-hmm. you know, people thinking that my house is an Airbnb and they can just come whenever they want because it's the holidays and they feel entitled to be there when in fact they're not. I mean, they do that all year round. It's not I, just the yeah. holidays. No, but I mean, it's worse on them during the holiday season so I feel like that's part of the issue and I feel like you know looking at a deeper look at your situation with your mom and then even with my grandmother you know like I said I'm the black sheep so I feel like the expectations that are placed on me are not the same expectations she has on all of her grandchildren Mm -hmm. or even her children so I feel like I take the brunt of a lot because you know I have shown her the respect and I've dealt with it for so long yeah for sure it's kind of hard to be able to differentiate and kind of back away and look at the bigger picture. And sometimes it's quite difficult to stand up for myself. I've gotten better at it, Mm -hmm. but for a very long time, I just would eat it and take everything she was throwing at me because I felt like it was what I needed to do. Yeah. Out of respect. Yes. And I get that. I do the same thing, you know, my my mom, you know, with her expectations or certain things that she'll say about the people that I date or, you know, I was dating someone and um, when we broke up, her response was that every time I said his name, it made her sick because he wasn't Jewish. And I was so upset and I was so disappointed because that shouldn't have mattered. What should have mattered that was how happy I you was were. with that person yeah. and how good they were to me. And that didn't matter. Only religion. And there have been people, when they first come around, they're like, no, you know, your mom cares about your happiness first and then religion. And then they start staying around. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, no, you're right. Religion comes first. I never doubted that your mom loves you. I know your mom She does. I'm not saying she doesn't. No. But religion comes first. Yes. She just is very... And again, I think it's because... It's the expectations that were placed on her. Mm-hmm. I think she places less on Greg because she sees Greg as your dad. Yeah. And you are her. And that was what, how she's been raised. So now mm-hmm. that, you know, Zadie's not here, she's passed that on. I think it's also Greg married a Jewish woman. So Greg's done, yeah. Greg's done his deed. But even before when he was dating other people. Yeah, it was it still wasn't the same. But, you know, he did have a different level of commitment and respect to our mother Mm -hmm. before he got with his wife. You know, he was there. He was in services Mm -hmm. for the holidays. He hasn't been in almost three years. (laughs) But, you know, back then he was. And now it's like, you know, and she doesn't really say anything. She doesn't even say anything to me. And she says me tells me mostly everything. There are really no comments about the fact that he doesn't go to services. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. But for me, it's, she was talking to me about a holiday and she was like, well, you know, you can't work that day. And I'm like, no, I can. Yeah. Like, I don't say this to her because I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to disrespect her. But 
no, I can work on those holidays. Yeah. Like, they're not my holidays. They're mm-hmm. your holidays. I don't believe in them. How do you feel those expectations will mold when you have kids? I will never do this to my children. I am a firm believer that people should make decisions about their religion themselves. So if, you know, I, I, when I was dating Canada, mm-hmm. we had this conversation because his family is Muslim and my family is Jewish and he is Christian and I am a penguin. <laughs> and we talked about that. We talked about what a future would be like for us if we had had children And I said, you know, I want my children to learn about every religion. Yes. I want them to make a choice about what religion they follow based on what they feel. Now, it can't be, ooh, I like rubbing Buddha's tummy, so let's be Buddhist. No. No. Do your research. Mm -hmm. Learn about all of the religions and go to the one that speaks to you. Yeah. Because... That's how it should be. It should never be forced on somebody because the fact of the matter is is that religion is based on faith. Mm-hmm. And you cannot have faith in something that has been shoved down your throat and you had no choice. Yeah. And that's what Judaism was for me, was it was always just shoved down my throat. And I was not given the opportunity when I was younger, one, to make choices on my own, and two, to be involved in things You know, when I was younger, I didn't get to go to half the bar and bat mitzvahs from the kids at my school because it was too far away and we couldn't walk and we weren't allowed to drive on Shabbat. So I missed out on half of the bar and bat mitzvahs. Yeah. And then senior year, there was grad bash. Nope, that was on Passover. Couldn't do that. You know, I didn't get the year that I was in England in Stratford. That year was the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's death. Mm-hmm. And they chose one person from my class to be able to walk in the parade. I couldn't even put my name up for it because I had to be home for Passover. I've never been to Stratford yeah. for Shakespeare's birthday because it always falls on Passover. And the one time that it didn't was the year of COVID. So I have never been able to be there on what's basically like my holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, a day to celebrate Shakespeare. That's that's like my joyous day. Yeah. And I never get to celebrate it in Shakespeare's hometown because I have to be here for Passover. How different do you think the holiday, I mean, other than your kids having a choice, would you, you're still planning on celebrating holidays? Absolutely. Because I, one of the things that I also want to instill in my children is respect. Yeah. And I I told Canada that too. I said, I would never, ever, ever tell our children not to respect your parents, just like I would hope you would tell them never to disrespect mine. Yeah. It would be their cultures. Like, they would, you know, should be able to spend time with their grandparents on both sides Mm -hmm. and learn about Islam and learn about Judaism and, you know respect both cultures respect all of the holidays you know that's that's part of raising a child in a mixed family with mixed religions is you respect all of it Mm -hmm. and neither family would have been okay with that yeah we were okay with it and that was i think what kind of ended the relationship is that we were the only ones that were okay with it yeah and the world unfortunately is not is just not ready and our families are not ready for an arab and jew To be together. To be together. And that's sad because, frankly, we are all from the same forefathers. So Mm -hmm. it is what it is. But there's that expectation that Jews marry Jews, Catholics marry Catholics, Muslims marry Muslims. And I'm sorry, but all of those religions come from the same start. Yeah. 
So what the fuck's the difference? Yeah. Because you pray to someone where you can see their face and I don't. Like, okay, and what does it matter? Like, it doesn't tell what kind of person someone will be just based on their religion. Because I gotta tell you, some of the shittiest people that I've tried to date were Jewish. Were Jewish. And the best person I've ever dated, honest to God, the most incredible person I've ever dated, comes from a Muslim family and is Christian. Yeah. So what what does it matter? Yeah. But that expectation is always there that you just, I'm Jewish, so I have to marry a Jew. And I'm not going to abide by that. And I have spent my entire life trying to make my mother proud and yeah. trying to do things to make her proud. And honestly, when I graduated with my master's and didn't graduate you know, with distinction or when I graduated college and I was like a 10th of a point away from honors. Like I wasn't, I was disappointed in myself solely because I felt like I was a disappointment to her. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I needed to do better so that she would be proud of me. And I hate that. I hate that everything that I do is almost surrounded by just wanting to make her proud of me and feeling like I never will get her full respect and have her be fully proud of me unless I marry a Jewish man. Yeah. But nothing I do is really going to matter until I do that. And I think that's the hardest part. I mean, my kids know we go to church one day. It's Christmas Eve. Okay. And it's because it's a candlelight service. Mm-hmm. They sing all of the Christmas songs that I grew up singing. And they know after they get to have hot chocolate they get to have a snowball fight and they get to pet animals and they none of it I don't tie any of that to now they have the snowball fight and the animals there from the manger Mm -hmm. and I don't have them tie any of that Mm -hmm. why because I grew up in a catholic home yeah we went to midnight mass and I cannot tell you how mortified my grandmother was because I don't take the kids to midnight mass first of all If you are Catholic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are not, Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve is literally until 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm -mm. You sit and you listen about Jesus' birthday. Which was not in December. So you just listen and are preached to by your father. Mm -hmm. And it's horrible because through all of it, you want to fall asleep and don't want to do anything i mean in college there was the time that i sang at midnight mass and i solely did that because i wanted my grandmother to be there and i wanted something to make her proud Mm -hmm. and then there's been other things that i have done as far as singing in different cathedrals and making appearances at different churches or you know ash wednesday i've gone with her but she was so disappointed when Kyle and I moved up to West Palm and were baptized at a Christian church mm-hmm. and were attending that church because I was baptized Catholic. Yeah. So I can't be rebaptized. And I tell the kids all the time, like, there'll be a random Sunday. I'll be like, hey, you want to go to church? It's not something I do every, all the time and we don't practice it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I believe in what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know that Christmas Eve, we get dressed up. I mean, not anything elaborate, Mm -hmm. but, and we go to candlelight service. It's 40 minutes. We're in and out. And then they get to go play after. And that's just what we do every Christmas Eve. 
And like I've, I've honestly, I've been to a candlelight service for Christmas. It's beautiful. I went, it's absolutely beautiful. I um, I went in Stratford. I mm-hmm. went to Holy Trinity Church where Shakespeare is buried, and I went because my roommate was in the choir. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there, and there were a lot of things that actually, the the Psalms and stuff mm-hmm. are in Judaism too. Yeah. So you know, there were a few things that they sang or that they said that I knew. And, you know, but when people were, like, kneeling and, you know, praying to Jesus and stuff like that, like, I kneeled because it was out of respect for where I was. Yeah. But I remember just kind of looking around and just looking at people because it's, I I don't even say amen at synagogue. Yeah. So I'm not going to say amen in a church. So, you know, it was, it was a little awkward for me, but I went, you know, out of respect for my roommate and you know, everybody else. I was literally the only Jew in Stratford. Yeah. When I left, there's no Jews left. (laughs) I was the token Jew. (laughs) Closest Jew was in Birmingham. But, you know, so it's, it's hard. And, you know, these expectations, honestly, I would probably, I would probably not have strayed so far away from Judaism if it wasn't shoved down my throat and if I hadn't gone through the situation that I went through. Yeah. But the thing, the situation that I went through didn't only make me stray away from Judaism. It made me stray away from every religion. Yeah. Any religion that believes in God, I will now not ever follow because of what happened to me. Yeah. And my mom likes to think that it's a phase that I'm going through. Um, anything that she doesn't agree with is a phase. phase. So like when I told her I was bisexual when I was younger, yeah, that was a <laughs> phase. Um, sorry, still not over that one. And, you know, not believing in God, that's a phase. And, you know, all these, all the, nothing, anything the she... tattoos are a phase. A permanent phase that are never <laughs> coming off my body. And you know what's funny is that, like, I'm so obsessed with trying to make my mother happy that I have actually considered getting all of my tattoos removed. Yeah. But the amount of pain that it would cause, mm-hmm. let alone the amount of money it would cost. that it would cost... It's not worth it to get rid of things that actually genuinely make me happy. But I'm so obsessed with fulfilling those expectations and trying to make my mother proud that I would have considered a few times removing all of my tattoos. And for those of you that have never seen me and don't know me, I have 26 tattoos at this point. That's a lot of money. And, you know, the one I just got takes up my entire upper arm. So that's a lot of money in itself to get rid of. So, you know, it's, and a lot of sessions. But, you know, it's just, I have spent most of my life knowing that I'm a disappointment and feeling like a burden. Yeah. Because not only do I disappoint her with a lot of the choices that I make, but then I also have spent most of my life sick and costing them an obscene amount of money for hospital visits and treatment centers and doctors and, you know, all of this stuff. And unfortunately, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm still, you know, I still have to see my therapist. I still have to see my psychiatrist. Now I have to see a neurologist, neurosurgeon, and neuro-oncologist. And I have to get, you know, MRIs all the time. And it's just it never stops feeling like I'm a burden and a disappointment. So it kind of just, sometimes I don't want to be around my family because sometimes I sit there and I'm just like, I feel like I'm like one step away from them not wanting to have anything to do with me Mm -hmm. because I'm such a disappointment and a burden. 
And I've said to them before that I feel like I'm a burden. And my brother always says, you're not a burden, you're family. We take care of family. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, yes. And I would do the same if the tables were turned and mm-hmm. Greg needed help or my mom or my dad or anything like that. I would do that for anybody, even, you know, you and yeah. anybody that I love. I would do the exact same thing that's done for me. But I know that I do a lot of things that disappoint my family. Yeah. You know, the other, when I picked... um my brother and sister-in-law from the airport last weekend, Rocky was texting me mm-hmm. and Greg yelled at me and he's like, what the fuck is it going to take for you to get that piece of shit out of your life? Yeah. And he's like, what more does he have to do? And like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm literally rushing to pick you up from the airport to then rush home to pick up mom, to take her to services I don't want to go to. And I'm being yelled at. Yeah. Because of something that really, like, it doesn't pertain to you. Yeah. Like, I get the love. I get the care. I get that you guys don't want me with him. I get you. I get nobody wants me to be with someone that hurts me. I appreciate that. But in the end, it is my decision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I want to unblock him right now and see if he calls me, that's my choice. Yeah. And it would not be the right one. And I know that. Yeah. But it is my choice. And I feel like my family tries to take away those choices from me because of those expectations. Yeah. And I think that's a part of where we similar is that they don't want us to have that choice. Mm-hmm. We should automatically know what's expected and we should follow suit. And when we stray away from that, it's the ultimate disappointment. Yeah. But I feel like that's, you know, I was talking to my aunt, you know, after we went to Jersey when my cousin passed away about my his brother who is still with us mm-hmm. and how he picked up a lot of mannerisms of my uncle, his dad that passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, every Sunday my aunt goes to church. She's a Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday she goes to mass and she has a routine. She goes to mass. She goes to the graveyard to visit my uncle and now my cousin. She goes to breakfast. She comes home. She cleans. She cooks everything, you know, the same meal. And that is her routine. Mm-hmm. And my uncle would religiously go with her. They would do the same thing. He still opened her car door. He still would make sure he got out of the car first and opened the, the house door. Like, And my cousin picked a lot of those up because he felt so guilty about when my uncle passed away that he had to take that on. Mm-hmm. You know, at the funeral, he was stonewall. He kept his composure. He never once, you know, even when, you know, my aunt was falling over because she's watching her son be lowered in a casket you know what I mean he held her strong and told her it's okay and I feel like you know I told him before I left my exact words to him were I know that everyone expects you to be strong Mm -hmm. you're picking up where you know your dad left off and he's the youngest he's not the oldest my cousin that passed away was the older one he's not married you know he doesn't have kids and You know, we were actually in Mass, and during Mass there is a reflection time where you are supposed to confess your sins and pray to God about what is on your mind and what is burdening you. And he was emotional, and, you know, I went and sat next to him, and I grabbed his hand, and I said, I know you're always going to see me as that, like, four-year-old little pain in the ass, but I'm an adult, and I just want you to know, like, I know this is hard on you. Mm -hmm. I know you feel all of this. I know you don't you know, want your mom to feel your emotions and you're being strong for her and you. 
And I feel like that's a different breed of respect. You know, when I went up there, I went to mass. I could have slept in the day after the funeral and we were, you know, there. We Our morning started at five o'clock in the morning and we didn't get home till almost 11, you know, and my Aunt Judy had said to me, you know, I'm going to go to mass tomorrow with Aunt Kath because she needs me there. And without a doubt, without even a flinch, I'm like, okay, I'll set my alarm and we're all going. You know, the funeral, I made sure what I wore was, you know, the funeral dress I had had like a slit, a V in mm-hmm. the front. I bought a completely new dress that completely covered, you know, my my chest because I had said I'm going to walk in and she's going to like that's disrespectful to her. Yeah. So I feel like there's a fine line when it comes to the expectation of respect and then the expectation of this is just how you were raised. You have to do it. And if you don't like you're not honoring me, you're not honoring our family, you're a disappointment. Yeah. And I mean, like, when I when I go to services, I cover all of my tattoos. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's no cleavage. I, you know, we go to an Orthodox shul, an Orthodox synagogue. So, you know, my, even before I had lower arm tattoos, I covered to my elbows. Mm-hmm. You know, no collarbone, no, you know, cleavage, no knees, no nothing. Like, I have always dressed respectfully. When I go to Israel to visit my family, I don't wear pants. I wear skirts. Yeah. You know, I, I cover everything that needs to be covered. I don't like dressing like that. It's not that I'm like, ooh, yay, boobs out. But like, <laughs> you know, I I don't yeah I don't like having things that close to my neck. Yeah. Like honestly, the skirts I don't mind that. Yeah. The shirts I mind, mind and yeah. it's solely because I don't want things that close to my neck. Yeah. And like I saw a bathing suit today that was freaking adorable because I was looking at shit for the cruise. But it went, like, around the neck. Yeah, no. And I was like, I can't do that. I cannot, I can't, I can't have yeah. that around my neck. Like, I can't wear chokers for extended periods of mm-hmm. time. Like, I just can't have things on my neck. Yeah. And, you know, I wear necklaces, but they're always very loose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, so dressing like that makes me very uncomfortable in a few ways. It's also, but it's out of respect. And I will always be a person that respects other people like that's just that's who I am yeah you know if if I was to go to a mosque I would dress appropriately like yeah. if I were to go to Morocco I would cover my tattoos I would you know dress respectfully if I were to ever meet Canada's family or yeah. something like that like I would never be that person to disrespect anyone yeah and it's just I feel like it's not given in return yeah that's the problem like it's you know I have spent so much time just thinking about the fact that, like, it wouldn't matter if I went back and got my PhD. It yeah. wouldn't matter if I just was enough. on, you know, like, won a Pulitzer Prize for my writing. Like, none of that would matter Yeah. if I was married to a non-Jew. And, like, that's upsetting. Yeah. Like, I can't. There's nothing that I can do that will be good enough if I'm not, if I don't marry an Andrew, if I don't marry a Jew. And it's never enough. It isn't. And it sucks because I do, I do try so hard. I know you do. Like even just the fact, like I don't want to be living in Florida anymore. Yeah. But I'm here. And like, I talked to my mom about moving before, you know, after uh, when Greg and um, Elle got married or they were planning the wedding and I said something about moving And my mom was like, well, no, you don't want to do that because, you know, when Greg and Elle start having kids, you're going to want to be near them. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I 
that's what airplanes are for. That's mm-hmm. what FaceTime is for. Like, I don't, I wouldn't be seeing my niece or nephew every single day anyway. So what difference does it make where I live? Yeah. But like, it's like that choice was already made for me. Yeah. Well, that choice was already expected of you. And that's upsetting because, you know, we all know this about me that I don't sit still. No. And I like to move and I like to experience new places. And my mother even knows that about me. Yeah. Because she's even said to people that like they'll invite us to things and my mom will be like, oh, you know, Jeff and I will be there, but we don't know where Allie will be. Yeah. And I'm like, how can you say that to people but then expect me to sit still? Yeah. Like it makes me uncomfortable. And I mean, yeah, that's probably something I should work on. You should probably work on the fact that sitting still makes me uncomfortable and being committed to one single thing makes me uncomfortable. And even relationships that makes me uncomfortable. I run almost every time when things start getting too serious. I did it with Leaf. You know, I did it with John. I I have always done that. The only times that I didn't do that were with Canada because he made that decision for me. Mm -hmm. And with Rocky. Yeah. Because he made that decision for me. Yeah. So the two times that I wasn't actually scared of what could happen and was ready to just dig my feet in and see what happened. Yeah. Both those times I was shown very clearly that I had it right the first time. That you just don't stick. And that's fine. Flights are a lot easier than weekly therapy. (laughs) Sometimes cheaper. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. That's why you get, like, Delta credit cards Points, and yeah. stuff like that. That's yeah. why my credit card is JetBlue. Yeah. So I can just fly away. And again, I feel like I always tell Kyle that my expectation for the kids is that I want them to be kids. Mm-hmm. I want them to make their own choices. And we will do our best to steer them in that way. But ultimately, once they go on their own, they go. You know, we're having the conversation now about college because it's coming. I mean, you know, he's in high school next year. We so. just had the conversation about, you know, what do you want to do? Because by the time he graduates high school, he will essentially have his AA. Mm-hmm. His core credits will be done and they will just be strictly focusing on what he's going to major in. Yeah. So I said, you know, we need to start considering where you want to go because we need to start considering ACTs and applying for scholarships and, you know, different things because we all know it's not going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, all he was able to tell me is that he wants to go somewhere that has seasons. So I did tell him, you know, we started looking at like the Bright Future Scholarship. And mm-hmm. I said, well, you would definitely qualify. They pay most of it. And then with other scholarships, and he's definitely going to get them based off yeah. of his grades alone. You know, and I suggested my, of course, favorite college because of what he wants to major in. Which is what? Florida State. I know that. What does he want to major in? Music. Something with... So, he's thinking more so along the lines of something with numbers. Okay. And then, like, doing a minor in music, which I think is smart. It's smart. Um, because he'll still get his music classes and his fix. And then something with numbers. He doesn't know if he wants to do engineering. He mm-hmm. doesn't know if he wants to do, like, the business aspect. He doesn't want to do accounting. I said, you want to be an accountant? He's like, no. Okay. Um, he had talked about being a lawyer, which I always joked and said he would be a great defense lawyer because he has an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he doesn't want to do law, just something with numbers. And I really honestly think that engineering, it comes very easily to him. Mm-hmm. Computing and putting these big numbers and like how they work. And I mean, within seconds, he could spew something out. Mm-hmm. Hence why he's helping me with, in my master's degree, he's helping me with my math homework. Yeah. And I said, okay. You know, I did explain to him that Florida State has one of the best music schools in the nation. Yeah. It's not just in Florida, in the entire United States. Mm-hmm. I said as far as, you know, their engineering department, I've never heard anything horrible about it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get some kind of focus in music, you need to go to a school that has a great music program because you want to have that experience. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, explained that Tallahassee does get seasons. It does mm-hmm. get cold up there. It doesn't snow. It gets close. Mm-hmm. But that's what he wants. He wants to, like, have a winter and have winter clothes and, you know, see the leaves change. And you get all of that up in northern Florida. Mm-hmm. So we had that conversation. And, you know, somebody said, oh, well, you're just, you know, trying to skew him. Madison, we religiously watch the Florida State Golden Girls because that is their cheerleading and dance team. Mm-hmm. She's obsessed. That's not me pushing her to do anything. We actually, when we went up last summer, ran into them. Mm-hmm. And saw their practice, and once she saw that, that was it. Mm-hmm. So she knows we cheer for that team, but that was like that mo- that aha moment for mm-hmm. her. So you know, I had there was a whole debate about a picture I posted. I remember you saying that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and somebody's like, you know, why would you lead your kid down that path to go to one of the worst schools because they're a rival school of them. You know, my mother-in-law had even said, oh, I know two people that went to the University of Miami and her grandmothers lived down the street. Like, why wouldn't you push that? One, because their dance program is shit. Their campus is shit. They're in Miami, which is shit. Yeah. And they're a private college. So we they would literally have to probably refinance our house. Well, no, she's going to be a few blocks down from the grandmothers, so the grandmothers are going to pay for it, right? Yeah. Um, so that's a conversation that, you know, we've had and I said, you know, I want them to make their own choices. I have always told my kids I want them to go to college, even if they just go for their AA mm-hmm. to get that experience because mm-hmm. I feel like that is an experience they need to have. Yeah. Even if they just have their core credits, I also feel like somewhere soon you're going to have to have some kind of college experience to get a job. I hope so. So I kind of want them to be able to have that to fall back on. Yeah. And then the biggest thing is always that I want my kids to be good people. Mm-hmm. I want them to respect people. I want them to, you know, respect their home. I want to be the, the house that they want to come home to on breaks. You yeah. know what I mean? David has said that before. You know, when I go to college, what happens? And I'm like, what do you mean what happens? He's like, you know, like Christmas and stuff. Am I still going to be able to come here? Yes, this is your home. Of course you're going to be able to come here. You know, but I, that's what I want. I want them to come in and feel at home. bring their friends home yep. for break or, oh my God, I can't wait to go home. You know, I scare the shit out of them, which is natural. I scare the shit out of everybody, but I want them, you know, if they have a dilemma to be able to pick up the phone and call me and be like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh fuck, she's going to kill me. I mean, it's probably a little mix of both. That's why my mom and I have the box. Yeah. And we've kind of started something similar. We started that this summer Mm -hmm. where, you know, I told him, okay, I'm setting a timer for 10 minutes. You can talk and tell me anything and I cannot say a word and cannot judge you. You just get it all out. Yeah. So it's very similar. Mm -hmm. And I think it's helped. Mm -hmm. I think that's also helped mold some of the decisions that he's starting to make now about, you know, 
traveling and his family and different aspects. So that's all I want. I don't want to force feed my kids. I don't want my kids to think that I expect them to, you know, I take priority and I supersede. I would hope that they would choose us for holidays Mm -hmm. and, you know, when they have kids that we're as involved and I hope that that happens. But if they choose not to, I mean, it would devastate me, I think, because I would hope I want them in my life forever Mm -hmm. until I take my last breath. But I also have to know that they're their own person. And I think that's where a lot of my problems come into play is that I'm not allowed to be my own person. Yeah. And I mean, there'll come a time, like, you know, Greg um, doesn't spend every holiday with us anymore. He splits them, which, you know, it happens. He's married. married. And his wife's family celebrates the same holidays because they're Jewish. Yeah. So, you know, they split it up nicely where, you know, if it's a two-day holiday, they go to her family first and then come to us. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it's fine. Like, for Passover, there's two seders. Yeah. So, they go to her family for the first one and then us for the second. And, you know, they've split it up nicely. They've been going on three years of splitting it. So. Yeah. And then there's some times where, you know, for Shabbat, she'll go to her family and he'll come to us. Yeah. And, They'll split, and that's fine too. But, you know, there'll come a time, you know, with Madison and David that, you know, maybe they do want to go with their significant other to their family for a holiday yeah. or something like that, you know, that that happens. And that's okay. I mean, when Kyle and I got married, we used to call Christmas the Mad Dash. Mm-hmm. So if, like, my family members weren't speaking, I remember one Christmas, we had to go to my grandparents' house. Then we had to go to his grandma's house. We had to go to my mother-in-law down in Miami. We had to come back and go to my aunt's house, my Aunt Lisa, and then go to my Aunt Judy's house. And he's like, why, why are we doing this? Because I was trying to appease everybody. Mm-hmm. And that was before we had kids. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, now we tell everybody, you want to be a part of it? This is what time we're doing it. You want to be here? Be here. If not, then we'll see you when we see you. Yeah. Because I'm not going to make my kids. Same thing with birthday parties. We don't split shit. Yeah. We do one event. Mm-hmm. Here's who's coming. If you can't be an adult, you don't get to come. And that's, I think, where I drew that expectation of, you know, we would have separate birthday parties for certain family members or yeah. certain holidays we would split. And no, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting my kids through that. Their home is their comfort. That is where they need to be. And they love seeing their family, but also their kids. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be in a car traveling? On a holiday. Because I sure as hell don't. Nope. So, it is what it is at mm-hmm. this point. So, I think that's probably the biggest message that we should probably take away from this too. I don't want people to think that we're just, it's a constant bash against our family. Not at all. I mean, we said positive things that yeah. come from being raised by our families. And we turned out okay. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, for me speaking, you know, on for, for me and how I was raised in my life. I, I don't want anyone to have the misconception that, like, I don't appreciate my family or anything like that. Like, I love my family, and I appreciate so much what they have done for me and what they've given up for me, moving for mm-hmm. me, you know, always putting my safety and my health first, and, I, you know, I always appreciate that. And I'm, I'm a good person. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a respectful person to everybody. I'm very nice. I'm genuine. I'm giving. I'm loving. And I get all of those traits from my family. Yeah. And so, yes, it's difficult because we do butt heads a lot about the religion aspect. And I do feel like a complete disappointment. 
but at the end of the day, I am who I am, and I am proud of who I am, and a lot of my traits that I'm proud of, I get from my family. And I think that's probably the some of the best qualities of us, mm-hmm. um, is things that we've, you know, gotten from our family, our upbringing. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about this in another episode about how generations have were brought up and how we've been brought up. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a lot of it. But I think the biggest message we want to send more than likely, more more so to our followers, is don't be afraid to break away from family expectations. Mm-hmm. And don't let them consume you. Be your own person. It may not be right away that you realize what's happening. Maybe it's going to take you time. For me, it took having a kid and probably three plus years into it mm-hmm. to realize that, um, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know that there are expectations of me and I am aware of that I however have not been able to break away from trying to make my mother proud but I feel like yeah if and when I have children that's probably when it will happen because I will not want my children to be raised in that aspect of how I was raised my children will absolutely be raised with respect and honesty and being genuine and loving 100% because those are important things, important characteristics, important values. Religion will not be one of the things in their lives except to respect those around them and if they choose a religion one day that makes them happy. Yeah. Other than that, my house will have a menorah, a Christmas tree, a penguin, a penguin, <laughs> you know, a penguin with a Christmas hat holding a menorah, <laughs> you know, whatever whatever religion. I'll I'll put a Santa hat on Buddha. I don't care. But, you know, I just want there to be respect. And I feel like that's not even just an expectation in our families. Like, there's a universal expectation. It's a universal expectation that, you know, everybody has to stick to their own religion and stick to their own kind. And I'm sorry, but maybe if we got our heads out of our asses and decided that, you know, we want to be one society, one community, but we also want to keep to ourselves is not going to work Yeah. in order to end all of the shit that's going on, whether it's black and white, whether it's, you know, Jews versus Arabs, whatever it is. Yeah. If everybody would just come to terms with the fact that we are all human living on this earth and destroying it together. So we might as well just get the fuck along. Yeah. Because what we're doing is stupid and we're just destroying our own history and we're destroying the next generation's lives. Yeah. Because we're teaching them that it's okay to be racist. It's okay to be anti-Semitic. It's okay to be against other religions. Like, we're teaching them that it's okay. Yeah. Because that's what we're doing by keeping them away from people that are different from them. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, we will obviously have more family episodes and more dynamics that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, So, be on the lookout. Also, our sponsorship. Yes, so we are being sponsored and partnering with SLNV uh, Athletic Wear. They are on Instagram. They are on Facebook. They have a website. They are awesome, and their clothes are really comfy. They're really breathable. The fabric is freaking amazing. So go on to SLNV. We will, of course, have the link to their Instagram on our Instagram. And, yeah, check them out. Until next time.